Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) (gasps) Hello. Does it, uh, can you, can you hear it? Does it sound European? This podcast now sounds European. Now, is it still going to like sound the same because we're in Europe or is it going to like sound backwards? On the other side of the road? Right. Do our voices sound like they're on the other side of the road? (laughs) Have you noticed that the toilets flush the same direction here? (laughs) That's like a whole weird thing. I'm, we're not going to get into that. Hello and welcome to... Lisbon, Portugal. Otherwise known as Lisboa. We are here. We made it. Okay, so the, the, shoot, there's so many things so to many discuss. Things. So many things. We made it, we first made of it. all. Mm-hmm, we said that multiple mm-hmm, times, but mm-hmm, we did make mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we last left you, we were in an Airbnb next to our previous home, which sounds so weird to think that like that's not our home anymore. I know. Don't say we it for too long. We can't go back to what that. Are, Jason, what have I told you? Seriously? Yeah. Don't say it. It freaks me out. We I can't, can't do go it. back there. We don't live there anymore. Jason, <laughs> I'm being serious. And Ooh, you're David. Ooh, David. Um, hey, in all seriousness, please don't do that. Okay, great. So we left our Airbnb. Yes. Got on a got in a car to get on a plane to get on another plane. Uh-huh. Let's pick people up from there. Okay. We got on a plane. Oh, also, I don't know. Maybe people don't listen to people who are traveling internationally right now. Oh, okay. What was that experience like getting through to uh, getting su- on the international surprisingly flight? Surprisingly smooth. Yeah. We were fully prepared to have gotten the wrong COVID test, to have not done something we were supposed to do. Like, we were very worried about all of... Because what you have to understand is it's different for every country. Right. What the regulations are in this era of COVID. So, uh, we did all the right things. Yeah, it was we really nice. We got the correct COVID We didn't have test. to have anything printed. We realized yep, kind of in we, the last hour, we're like, uh-oh, we didn't print our passenger locator QR code. We didn't print our COVID test no, results. They all took digital... Screenshots. Screenshots, They were, were literally fine. screenshots, which um, Yep. So, it... Everything went very smoothly with that. Yep. We got on the plane in San Francisco. We had a direct flight from San Francisco to Lisbon, Portugal. It was an 11 and a half hour flight. I was very nervous about the flight. I had every reason to be nervous because it turned out to be so much worse yeah. <laughs> than I thought. Listen, it could it could it have been even worse than it was? Yes. Yeah. But I will not lie to you all. It was maybe the worst flight I've ever had. And the problem is that the flight itself is fine. Like it was a little turbulence, like takeoff and whatever, but like I can deal with that. I can get through it because usually by the time we get to cruising altitude, the like discomfort of being in an airplane is okay. And I can just sort of like zone out, watch my shows, whatever. The problem is we were getting on the plane at 6 p.m. San Francisco time. 5 p.m. Nice try. 5 p.m. Yeah. Our time. Yeah. And our old time. There we mm. go. Don't, you're not allowed to do that. That freaks me out. Don't do that. <laughs> And so uh, the problem is I had this whole plan to kind of like they serve you dinner. So we like had dinner on the plane. We just very quickly. I think we mentioned this on a previous podcast episode many moons ago. I did all of the credit card point melee. Yes. To earn enough points through Chase so that we could book business class tickets which for was, this big flight over, which was 
a I clutch it. move because it. it would have been even worse, worse if Brought I was in a smaller marital, seat. Marital disputes, yeah. but it was worth it. I fought you many, many yeah. times on that, but thank you for doing all yeah. of that research because it did, it did make I it mean, <laughs> still a terrible experience. Yeah. Um, so we had dinner and then, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to have, I brought tea, my sleepy, sleepy tea, tea. Yeah. on the plane. Oh, I was like, I'm going to, I was going to get so yeah. sleepy. I was yeah. going to make my tea. I was going to lay down and I was going to have my eye mask. I was like all prepared to try to sleep on this plane. You his, even did some his, practice runs at the Airbnb yes. wearing a mask and Aaron. Right. Because uh, so keep in mind, mask. you're wearing um, an N95 mask the whole time, which of yeah. course you want to do to keep yourself and other people safe. And I even like practiced at the Airbnb in California wearing my mask and my eye mask. I was like, am I going to feel claustrophobic? So I try to fall asleep. I tried for like 30 minutes to fall asleep. The problem is every time I close my eyes, it makes me hyper aware of every sensation in my body and around me. So I just, my anxiety goes through the roof because it's just like, I don't know how to describe it. If you're someone who doesn't like have a problem flying, this won't make any sense to you. People think I'm like afraid of flying. It's not, it's not a fear of flying. It's not like I think we're going to fall out of the sky. It is quite simply like maybe it's motion sickness is a better way to describe it, but it's just like feeling absolutely terrible being in the air. Yeah. So I try to fall asleep. I can't fall asleep. It's miserable. I feel nauseous. I feel like I'm going to throw up. So I try for 30 minutes. How long are we into the flight at this point? We're probably three hours into the flight okay, at this point. So we have about eight left. And I'm like, <laughs> Poor thing. shit. I'm like, this isn't working. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll sit back up. I'll try to watch my shows to the point where my eyes are so tired that then I can just fall asleep. Yeah. So I watch like, I I make it through like two hours of like my shows that I've downloaded. And then I'm like, oh, now I'm getting really exhausted. Like I am actually getting tired. So I try to fall asleep again. It's 10 times worse. Yeah. Let's, I didn't know we were going to spend this much time on the flight. Let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to. The long, the long and short of it is by, we have, we get to the point where there's four hours left in the flight and I am so beyond the point of exhaustion that it's making me nauseous, yeah. but I can't close my eyes. And so when I tell you, I was, I mean, I was pulling my hair. I was slapping myself in the bathroom of the airplane. Like it was really terrible. Let's yeah. It was really terrible. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it because like, I don't want to sugarcoat what that experience was like because so often we do that, right? We're just yeah. like, oh, it's I, I fine. wasn't even trying to skip over it. I was just like, you know, let's not talk about slapping ourselves in a bathroom. Jeez, sounds. That's what I did. Yeah, I, I. That was how bad it was. I just. Well, like, I'm very sorry that you had to. Deal it's not with your fault. That. You didn't. Do I that. Uh, was very comfortable. Uh, <laughs> I did only get two hours of sleep because I can't sleep, and also even with a lay flat business class, I don't fit. I'm too tall, and so like my limbs didn't fit under the seat in front of me, so I didn't nearly have one one hundredth of the uncomfortable flight that you had, but. Um, but we made it exactly. Yeah. And that's what I do want to share is that was so uncomfortable in the moment and so awful in the moment. But also like it just, it didn't occur to me that by the time we landed, because I didn't sleep a wink, I was going on 25 plus hours yeah. of not sleeping, which yeah. as a person who needs a lot of sleep is like Oof. very bad. Yeah. But, um, I got through it. And honestly, like you just, you you get through every moment as best you can and it's so uncomfortable. But once we landed, I was like, I did that. Like I, I actually didn't die, even though it felt like in the moment I was going to die. Yeah. Um, and the airport situation here was lovely. Like oh, it was very easy. easy. Yeah. And we had a lovely Portuguese man who did not speak English, take us to our 
Airbnb. <laughs> it's cute. And our Airbnb was, we, you have to kind of cross your fingers when you arrive at an Airbnb because yeah. you're like, is it like the photos? Is it not? Yeah, let me uh, take everyone on the journey of this Airbnb. So obviously this being our very first destination in this year of traveling and, and living as full-time travelers, you want it to be good. And so we did a ton of research. We had we both had wish lists on Airbnb with lots of different destinations or lots of different places in, in Lisbon. And this was one that I think you found and it had like four reviews at the time that you found it. So it's really hard to go with something that has so yeah. little reviews because you're like, well, I'm rolling the dice in the first place. Come on. But it looked very modern. It was in a really good neighborhood. Thank you, Maria, who I know listens to our podcast. She recommended this neighborhood for us. Uh, she is a native of Portugal. And that made us feel really good. We're like, okay, it's in this good neighborhood that was approved by Maria. Thank you. Stamp approval. It looks modern. That's kind of what we're looking for because, you know, you don't want to start with like a rustic place. You want to start right. with what's comfortable to you, which is also why we chose Lisbon because the weather is almost exactly the same as Southern California right now. Because the last thing I knew was going to be a hard adjustment. Yeah. The last thing you want is like a toilet breaking or a shower clogging or getting or to a place a and it's heater. snowing or, and you have to deal with that. And like, we right, don't know how to live I'm in Sorry, snow. I was going yeah. back to what you said about the modern apartment. I just want to make it clear. Like, it's not like we have to have modern, but that was what was in our minds. It's yeah. just like, Let's not go out on a limb in the Let's first place. Let's not like we have to churn our own butter every morning to like exist, <laughs> right. you know, like not even for us to use. It's just yeah. like, that's what it costs to stay at that place. Yeah. And it's been a dream. Yeah. It's this been this so Airbnb, wonderful. Uh, five out of five stars as rated on Airbnb, I would give it nine and a half out of 10 on, on our arbitrary totally. out of 10 scale. And the only thing it gets a 0.5 for, for me is the sink, the kitchen <laughs> sink. It's fine. It's totally serviceable, but it's not your fave. It's just not my fave. It's not your fave. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we, we've been super happy this Airbnb. Uh, we can uh, launch into, we're going to share a couple different memories here. So the preamble, as we're already, we're already amongst it, has turned into the Premvel. <laughs> so it's Pramble, which is already a made up word, smashed together with travel with a little bit of accent on the end. Pramvel. The Pramvel. Welcome to the Pramvel. Uh, so we're going to share some of our Lisbon things that we've done in this section. And then every week we'll update you. So we're planning on staying in places for two weeks. So two episodes of the podcast, you should get some stories. And then we're also planning on doing a YouTube video to recap. And then we're still kind of uh, juries out on how we're organizing that video. Because it's not going to be like other YouTubers who are like, let me take you to all the like... S spots you must see in Lisbon. Like, that's not us. We're going to be like, we lived here for two and a half weeks. Absolutely. And we half went, of that time we were working in the apartment. The other half we were walking to the grocery store. Yeah. Like, that's basically like it. Like, we're just living here. Yeah. Um, which is what we wanted it to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you can, let's just sit the first few days. Let's like kind of clump that together sure. in like going to the, our little local grocery store that we yep. found and our coffee shop, like finding all our little spots. Yeah, I think this is one of the things when you're going to be in a place for more than like three or four days, which is what a lot of people do when they do these types of trips. That's not us. We're going to be here for two and a half weeks. So like we need a grocery store. We're not going to eat out every single meal. And so we wanted to look for a place that wasn't just like a, if you're familiar in the States, like a bodega, basically in a big city, it's just like a really small you know, kind of like everything is like a packaged good. We want like a grocery store, like that has like produce and things like that. Of course, understanding you're not going to find an American oh, grocery store. Absolutely. That's not what we're That's, looking yeah, for. Yeah, I'm just looking for something like some fresh produce. Yeah, um, has things that aren't just prepackaged in every single right. item. Uh, so we did find that. We found a great little grocery store. I think it was uh, like three quarters of a mile away or a kilometer away. I'm trying to adjust to the uh, distances here, and so. So I just want to share this part of this because we're not going to go into details of every single thing we've done, but this is fun. So Lisbon is known as the city of seven hills. Being in our place, we'd like walk to the little square that's near us. What's the square called? Do you remember? Praça do Comercio. 
great job. And I'm going to forget all the names of everything, so you'll have to catch up. Um, you'll have to, you'll keep us up. So we've only walked in like flat areas. We hadn't experienced any of the hills. Grocery store, first experience of the hills. <sighs> Halfway, we had to like stop and like am, pull over to the side with our legs to be like, we're out of breath. I am a person who is moderately in shape. It was, I was like, how? <laughs> I think you how? asked me, you're like, are we really far above sea level here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, am I getting less oxygen? Because this is not... We're also okay. wearing masks, too, which is yeah. the other thing we've noticed here. Like, everyone's wearing oh, masks Oh, I did want to say that. So I do, before we, like, launch into all of our travel stuff, I do want to say like, a brief note. It's really important to us that we, on this journey, are not coming off as though we're completely ignorant or ignoring... The that COVID exists. That we're still inside yeah. of a pandemic. We absolutely are. And we want to assure everyone listening that we are taking every precaution to be as safe as possible as we travel. Yeah. So we're not just like coming over from the U.S. and just going to spread, you know, COVID around. That's not what we're, it at all. Um, part of the reason we did choose Portugal, even not just the weather, but they're not, I mean, I think almost 90% vaccinated yeah. here. And we're obviously vaccinated and boosted. We got boosted right before we came intentionally so that our uh, our even though it was, we made sure it was two weeks after our booster, but but as close as we could get it to our flight, we wear masks everywhere. Everyone even wears masks outside here. The thing I mentioned to you last night when we were coming back was like, you know what you don't see a lot of here is like people's noses hanging out of their Everyone masks. wears their mask correctly. It's just, um, it's such a weird thing. To eat indoors here, you have to show your vaccination card. So the, the protocols are very, um, I would say, well-known here and yeah. well-abided. And so we abide by those as well. And it has made us feel comfortable being here. Oh, absolutely. Here. Okay, let's get us back to, uh, we're halfway up this hill. We're stuck. We're dying. Yes. Uh, we recuperate. We take a minute or two. Yeah. So we make our way back up to the grocery store. The other thing we were kind of concerned about with groceries is you're gluten-free, not because of an intolerance, just because of it's... No, not because of an allergy, but... Not because, been... of, because of intolerance. Correct. Uh, so we were like, mm, our grocery store is going to have a gluten-free section. It's like very hard to look that up. Uh, and sure enough, like the first section that we saw was like... Sem gluten. Full of gluten-free options. There's even a bread section with a brand char that we've been uh, getting from our local previous local grocery store in California. So anyway, the grocery store experience was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, you tried to get me a loaf of bread. It crumbled in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> like a fresh, like picture like a like fresh loaf of sourdough. Like on display. Yeah. And I'm like, babe, do you want, and I touch it and it just crumbles. And I'm it's just been like, out there for a while. I, I think like, it's just display bread. Wasn't supposed to be picked oh up God. bread. Uh, but like, you know, the cashier spoke perfect English. Like we said hello and then he said hello back in English. Like we said hola and he said hello back in English because apparently like it was very clear that we were American. <laughs> And which is totally fine. Well, that's fine. been my move. I don't know if you've noticed. I like to lead with hola. And then say hello. And, and say hello. I do the same thing. So that they, yeah. it's a, the cue of yeah. like, hola, I'm I am trying, yeah. but also I'm, I'm not good can't communicate yeah. further than this. Okay. So we, we got groceries. Uh, we got settled in the place, recovered from jet lag. Mm, it took yeah, a took, couple days. It took like four days. Your anxiety was definitely ramped up for the first few days. Yeah. Today, I would say yesterday, as of recording this yesterday, which is probably like day six or seven. Yeah. Basically seven, we've been here a week. Is the first day that I felt okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not and, even great. Just and okay. What's interesting about that though is that so many people have mentioned to us, hey, jet lag is gonna take you four to five days to get over. Or people who are HSPs or deal with anxiety themselves, like I was knocked out for a week, you know, when I did like a big travel thing like this. And so I think that's it's not like a thing, you know, that that is just happening to you. It's like right. that, you know, I just have I'm the anomaly here. Like 
I was fine the next day, you know, yeah, and, and it's I, just, I think it also goes, so it's a combination of things, right? It was the flight being so exhausting. It's the jet lag. And then also I didn't know how much the like feeling of, it's, it's like the joking around at the top of the episode about don't tell me that we can't go back. Like, don't tell yeah, me that, yeah. that like our home doesn't exist anymore because if I think about it too long, it makes me feel so like just lost in the wind, like untethered. Yeah. And that, that really kicks up my anxiety, anxiety. But if I just focus on instead of the big, big picture and like, what does it all mean? And oh my gosh, and we don't have a home. If I just focus on the today, if I just focus on the, I'm here now, I can work from our place. We have this great apartment. I feel safe. I feel okay. I can exercise. Like if I just focus on my little routines and just kind of get my focus very myopic at the moment, that keeps me from like spiraling. So that's why you can't bring it up that we don't have home yeah. anymore. Yeah. And and I was just going to say, you know, it's it's been awesome to see you at least try, you know, even on like the first day when you were feeling miserable and you had no sleep, like we still went to the grocery store totally. and I was fully prepared just to like sort this out myself. <laughs> I'm just going to like, you know, oh, be po- I'm just going to have to be Portuguese for just right away. Just immediately. <laughs> I'm not going to leave you hanging. No, but yeah, I mean, you've done a good job getting through that and, and it's so nice to see you happy. Like yesterday we finished our day and you're just <sighs> like, I was so happy. Day. Yeah. So anyway, where are we picking up? So we've done the grocery thing. You got 15 hours of sleep. You're f- I want to, you could tell everyone about like your first, cause we were playing this game of like, what's your first, like we're here, like idyllic yeah. little moment. This is my European cafe. Yeah. Okay. So you found a spot for lunch. This was, I think on our second day or third day, uh-huh. but, uh, found a spot for lunch and it looked really cute and we we're just like, okay, yeah, this looks great. They have outdoor seating. That's what we're really looking for. Like almost every single place. Uh, we'll share an indoor dining story in a moment. Uh, so we get there. And it's nestled between these like two bigger streets. And it's just basically it feels like an alleyway, but a little bit bigger. And there's a bunch of green tables and it just feels like very like lively and nice. So we go, we say, hola, hello. And we're like, oh, you're American. Yeah, go ahead and sit wherever you want. So we go and we sit down. It's a little bit chilly, but there's a heater. And we're sitting there and we order some drinks. We order some food. And I just have this moment where it hits me. Mm -hmm. And I look around and I can see tall buildings. I can like see cars driving by, but they're just far enough away that it doesn't feel like I'm right next to them. I can hear all the sounds of a downtown, but like languages I don't know. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's very unfamiliar. And I just am sitting there and you're there. And I'm just like, I, I had this moment where it's like, we've talked about this with business. It's like, we've made it like Mm -hmm. this is what I dreamed about five years ago Mm -hmm. when I was like, I want to be sitting at a European cafe. I want to be having a meal. I want to be just laughing and just being in this other place. And this was that moment. And Mm -hmm. I just sat there and I just like let it kind of like fall over me. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I was like a little kid just like looking around and like someone's drying their clothes out on their balcony and like someone's yelling and like there's a dog barking and for all intents and purposes, it's not like a dreamy moment that you would like capture on Instagram and feel look was amazing. But it was exactly what I wanted when we were talking about this. So Yeah, you can't, you wish you could bottle those feelings, right? Like for me, it was like yesterday we went on this unintended photo tour. We picked out a garden that was like at kind of the top of the city. And we just said, let's just take a walk there, a 35 minute like walk that turned into an hour and a half walk. But because we just had to take photos of everything. And for me, it was like turning a corner into this neighborhood that suddenly wasn't that busy and you could just tell real people lived here and it was just something <laughs> real, real people real Tur- people. tourists are real people too <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah which is us locals yeah something about the way the light was hitting the buildings and like the architecture that's so unfamiliar but so stunning here in lisbon yeah and just the that feeling of wonder that yeah. you get when you're kind of exploring a city that you don't know and instead of having 
all of the unfamiliarity hit me as anxiety and like fear everywhere and like different and just overwhelming. It, it, it translated in curiosity and wonder. And like, so that was the moment for me where it was just like, ah, like this is so neat. I'm so grateful that we get to do this. And it makes those uncomfortable moments and those days where I have to push through worth it in order to get to that little magic. But that little magic is also something that it's, it's something that we all dream about in different aspects of our life. And it's, sometimes it doesn't live up to the reality and sometimes it really does, you know? And I think that, you know, this moment for me at this cafe, the moment for you yesterday when we like rounded that corner, like those moments are the moments that you really have to try and just sit there and go, we did this. Like yeah. we, we made it to this point. We, we worked so hard. We figured our businesses out. We realigned our lives. Don't think about our place, all that stuff. But like we're here and we did it. Funny enough, it kind of aligns with what we're going to talk about in the business portion of today's episode, which by the way, this is probably how these are going to go. The pram bells. The, the, the episodes in general for the foreseeable future are going to kind of be half travel and just taking you along on the journey and half talking about business and still the great like yeah. intentional business content that you have come to know and hopefully love from us. Um, so we're going kind of like a half and half type type of a route. Yeah. Yes. You, sir, in the back. I have my hand raised for everybody who can't see me because it's a podcast. It's an audio only podcast. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Y- you. Okay. Of our 23 listeners, we might pick up one. We might have lost a couple because we haven't recorded an episode Absolutely. in a while. Um, of those listeners, how many of them do I need to have email us that they love the Pram Bell to like reinforce that the Pram Bell is loved? How many? 11. All right. If we listen, hit 11 hey, emails. Hey, you cinnamon roller, listen to me. Even you cinnamon rollers. I'll even talk to some of you. <gasps> yeah, you know who you are. Uh, by the way, I got to get my cinnamon roll while I'm here. I'm doing a cinnamon roll in every city and I'm going to, you know, share something about them. It doesn't really matter. But um, send an email. Hello, Wandering Aimfully, that you love the Pramvel rollers or lollers, or even if you don't know what that is, and this is the first episode you listen to, hello, Wandering Aimfully, talk about your love of the Pramvel so that I can continue to tell Caroline we have to share these travel stories on our podcast. Thank you. Great. If we had 11, if not, we don't, don't talk about the trip at if all. If <laughs> we don't get 11, I'm making some fake Gmail addresses and sending some emails. <laughs> um, I mean, anything else you want to talk about with the trip? We Oh, you interrupted me. I, I interrupted myself and then you interrupted <laughs> me. <laughs> what I was originally saying was it reminds me of what we're going to talk about in this episode, which is kind of goal setting through the lens of you as the individual, but it reminds me of those magical moments. Like I would say moving to Europe and traveling was a goal of ours. Yeah, oh But yeah. the thing is you never, it's so easy to connect to the dream. It's less easy to connect to all the difficulty that you're going to have to endure in order to get the dream or like all the maybe less glamorous things that come along with it. So, you know, six months ago when I'm dreaming of doing this trip, I can't, or like my brain is not allowing me to exactly know how hard the anxiety will be in order to get to that magical moment. All I think about is the magical moment. And so it kind of reminds me of something we'll talk about later on in the episode, which is just about knowing what your goals are, but also like really giving yourself time to explore what the trade-offs are for those goals so that you can make sure that you really want the full package of what that goal is. Yeah, for sure. Um, but all right, other Lisbon stories that we're allowed to tell here in the Pram Bell. Um, I have notes here that say eggplant bandage strike again at Ooh, Polish, yeah, and yeah. then I have the Java rooftop. Oh, what about my 
first peste, pastel donata. You can also talk about okay, that. Okay, so the uh, I'll go coffee and pastel donata. So um, if you've watched any videos of Lisbon, you have seen everybody talk about the Portuguese pastry, pastel donata. If it's multiple, it's pastel donata. Pastel donata. Uh, it's a little egg custard tart. You can look it up if you want some visual reference to this. Uh, it's basically like a phyllo dough, like a very crunchy phyllo dough. Flaky. Like a little cup. And then inside of it is this egg custard tart. Uh, we had our first one with the coffee shop that's downstairs that you scouted out when we were looking at this Airbnb. There just happens to be like a what I like to call a hipster coffee shop. You know it. Because it's just the it's easiest. It's got that modern signage. Yeah. It's got a little penny tile floor. It's got a nice little, uh, some greenery of some of sort. Of course. There's all kinds of there's like coffee devices. There's some type of like devices. wood slatting, like nice Absolutely. wood slatting. The, the seats are very uncomfortable, but they look amazing Absolutely. on Instagram. Yeah. So it's, it's that place. Also, someone working there has a mustache. Guaranteed. Absolutely. And without, with wearing masks, even if you can't see it, you know You it's know there. it. Uh, but anyway, this coffee shop had them, so I didn't have to go to any of the places that are like the tourist traps to, to find a mm. Pesce Donata. This, again, reasons why this Airbnb is so perfect. You, the Airbnb is lit, the, literally above the, co- the hipster coffee yeah. shop. Yeah. Like today we, today we quote unquote went for a walk to the coffee shop <laughs> and that was going downstairs and walking out the front door and it was fantastic. Uh, so anyway, I met Manuel who works at the coffee shop. Who and is so kind. Yeah. The coffee shop's called Fabrica. If you want to Google it and like see, um, there's like six locations here. We walked by a bunch the other day, but anyway, it's just like the perfect coffee shop. So many people had told me because I'm a coffee aficionado, I would mm. like to say, uh, I know by the amount of coffee things that I sold in my coffee kit that I am one <laughs> right. of those people. But so many people are like, oh, you're, like, you're not going to get American coffee. You're not going to get like pour over handcrafted coffee. You're going to get espresso. Like that's what you're going to get. And when we went to Italy four years ago, five years ago, you are correct. Like that's what we got everywhere. Like I couldn't get a pour over coffee. It just didn't exist. We couldn't. I, I also wasn't necessarily looking for it that much then. But, but here... How many coffee shops do you think we walked by just yesterday? So many. Like 20. So many cute ones. So anyway... Had the first pastel donata. It was delicious. Do I think it is worth all of the hype? And like, is it as good as a nice wet cinnamon roll? Absolutely not. I love a good wet. <laughs> you would put your cinnamon roll up against a pastel donata any day. Here's the thing. They would put their pastel donata up against my cinnamon roll? No, they would not. They would look at that and they'd be like, we can't compete with that. <laughs> we can't compete. We're a crusty little egg tart, you know? <laughs> delicious, but not going to be like also, a nice bready. I'm just going to say it's sweeter than you'd think. Yeah, really a very sweet taste. It, it's not overpowering because I think it's so small. Like you just wouldn't yeah. want to have more than one. Yeah. But it was fun to try it. Like Absolutely. good crunch, good taste. We recorded a little video part. for our friends and family and like sent it to them like having it. Um, but anyway, so like the coffee shop experience was great. Uh, got some beans from there. They ground them for AeroPress. Manuel gave me their recipe that they're currently Ugh. running, which is great. Makes me so happy. Been for through you. a whole bag. Got a second. Who's bag. been making their own coffee in the morning? You've been AeroPressing your coffee. Now, quick aside. Yeah, what's was up? Was this part of your strategy? Because it sort of started like when we did the Airbnb back in California. No, and no, you were I, like, I told you this many moons ago when okay, we were well, getting you, ready to plan out selling the things. Yeah, like was this. Like, this is how you told me. Yeah. You were like. Oh, we're probably going to, yeah, let me go list the, uh, all the coffee supplies and also you're going to make your own AeroPress. <laughs> That's how you told me. Yeah. But isn't it really easy? Um, if you, the, the act of making the coffee is easy. Yeah. Yes. Simple. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're a person who is still jet lagged right. and does, or just doesn't do well early in the morning and also just at 11 frankly spoiled when, you up. when you've been spoiled <laughs> yeah. for like five years with your yeah. husband making coffee every morning. Yeah. So far, and listen, when you my, make... my only interpretation is that you don't love me anymore. Like that's <laughs> But the also, we've been here for a week. How many days of that we've been here have I made you coffee? One. False. That One. is false. Two. Three out of the seven. 
<laughs> well, you know we're bad at math. <laughs> yeah, we, you, three out of the seven. No. Yeah, I've been keeping track in my mind. <laughs> Jason, you're just, not supposed to keep score. It's not score, it's just track. <laughs> we'll get to embracing your goal setting here in a minute. Okay. Uh, so anyway, all things considered, I just wanted to share the coffee experience has been delightful. The pastel donata was delicious. Uh, it's definitely worth trying if you're coming to Lisbon. Like just, you know, right. you don't have to go to like one of the places that is in all these videos. Like they're especially so where we where we're staying, like there's a lot of them. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you will remember a trip that we took back in October of 2021 and we stayed at multiple Airbnbs and we we discovered something about ourselves in our relationship to Airbnbs, mm. which is that we are not satisfied with a an egg pan yeah. that is grody. Well, what did I say in our, our journal to my family, which was the egg pans usually look like they've been through the Crusades. Right. Like they're wobbly. It's just grimy. Like, like it looks yeah, like someone had like a centuries fight with an, of, axe, with an axe with the bottom involved. of it. Like it's just not... You don't want to cook anything in it. Right. So we've, we've decided that we are the egg pan bandits. Which is the opposite of stealing egg pans. Yes. It's, it's gifting egg pans we go everywhere you go. We go a $12 or euro egg pan and then we leave it here. It's the Airbnb egg pan tax. Yes. And we are happy to pay it. Now what we've realized is that it, it branches out beyond egg pans. Because like we got to this place and there was literally one cooking utensil. Mm -hmm. And it's like a spoon. You don't really make eggs in the morning with a spoon. Mm -hmm. So the egg pan bandits had to get a spatula. So it was one of my favorite things is going to this like department store, I guess. So you this could is call the way it. I wrote about it was like, think of Target for yeah. all of you who listens who like know what Target is. Now split all the sections of Target into floors of an eight floor building. Well, that is usually how Targets are in like big cities, like New York I've never or whatever. Experienced that, You've so never I, been yeah. to a multi-floor Target. Never. Okay. Yeah. Um, why well, yeah. Anyway, but but this is even more compact than that because there's six floors. Yeah. So it's like Dishware. It's like fancy dishware. Yeah. Then it's like textiles and yeah. like pillows. Then it's like appliances. Appliances. Yeah. Then it's like kitchen utensils. Anyway, then yeah. it's like all the things. And it's called, we think it's called polish. It's spelled Pollux with an X, but I believe it's pronounced polish. What it but matter. it was a great time. And we got a couple of things which. Oh, I love that when we walked in, we were just like looking around and like a woman, like she goes, a little Portuguese, she was like, don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be scared. And it was just so cute. We're like, well, I mean, we're not afraid. Like my ego is tested. I'm like, I'm, unsh I'm unsure. I'm not afraid, ma'am. Thank you. But it was a fun thing of like, you know, we bought like a handful of items. But you, I asked before doing this, was like, do we need to buy before we go to each floor? And like, yeah. So you would spend like $3. We almost and then like, go to like stole three stuff Euros. by going into an elevator thinking that you paid But once. I was smarter than that. You, I smart. went, I went you were smarter than that. Yeah. Good job. So anyway, we, we egg pain banded this place. We'll keep you posted on each Airbnb what we need to egg pain bandit. But yeah, we ended it up really with It really makes a, a difference. We ended up with a chef's knife for seven euros, uh, a, a spatula like for like three euros. It's just like a couple of little creature yeah. comforts. And the thing is, we make breakfast here every morning. Every so, single day. So I, we've made dinner and lunch like four or five times already. Yeah. So the if I had to do that with a wobbly knife and a pan that's been through the crusades, it's like, just do yourself a favor and make your life easier, you know? Yeah. So that's the last thing, unless you want to just quickly go over Java rooftop. Well, we're 30 minutes in. I say, let's just talk about okay. it. Yeah. Listen. Uh, so you might hear as we share these journeys with you that you're not hearing like, Oh, you didn't go to like all of the historic locations and you're going to tell us about all this. Not on our list. That's not us. We're that's here to us. just like eat food. Eat, yeah. Get buy lost. Buy egg pans, you know, just go live in a city. Tours. Yeah. 
Um, so we've scattered out a bunch of restaurants. You've done a lot more work on this than I have. You're and welcome. I get a text message at like 1030. I think it was on like the second night or third night. It doesn't matter. But I get a text message from you and I'm like, I thought you were in bed. And I look at it and it's a Google map with like no other information. So I click it and it opens up this rooftop dinner place. And I was like, oh. I was itching for a rooftop. I'm I'm in. Yeah, because that was one of the things we were really excited about with Lisbon is there's a lot of rooftop places to eat, as most cities. Um, but just beautiful views, all the little, uh, you know, red roofed or well, what color is it, would that be? Orange? Orange-y like a red? terracotta. Terracotta. Um, all those like roofs with the white buildings and different color buildings and all this stuff. And just like, yeah, I want that. So we, we book a reservation at this place. We do the walk over there. It's about 15 minutes away. It's a lovely walk at sunset. We take our time because we had a little bit of time. We get up to the restaurant and we booked outdoor seating. And so we're, we're there. We see the outdoor seating. There's no one there because obviously we're eating earlier than we're supposed to. We sit down. We get the menus. The, the restaurant is so adorable, by the way. You, you ride this beautiful. like clear elevator like up like you know, five flights of yeah. five floors to get there. It's so well decorated. We sit down. We're like, we're here. It's, picturesque. it's our first dinner. Sun is setting perfectly. And then immediately the lights go out. Yeah. Only on the outside section. Where Only we're sitting. on the outdoor section. Yeah. The lights completely go out all of a sudden. And it sends a wave of adrenaline through my body because I'm very light sensitive. So any change, like you could turn on the lights without warning me and it'll send a shockwave through my body. So I, it, it shook me. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. So then they flicker back on yeah. and the waitress comes out and she's like, we're so sorry. We're having like trouble with the thing, but it should be okay now. And we're like, okay, so we'll just order drinks and we'll just sit here and whatever. So we order our drinks Meanwhile, and the lights go out, don't yeah, you? meanwhile, it's still beautiful at this place. We're still like, oh, this was the rooftop dinner. We're gonna like start our journey yep. with them. Like first, first one of these, and the lights are like going on and off every couple minutes. It happened like three times, and then finally, I, I, my nervous system was like so activated that I was just like. I was going through the scenarios in my head. I was like, well, I can't stay here because yeah. I'm just going to be on the verge of tears. Like, and I know that sounds really ridiculous, but if you're photosensitive, you understand. And then I was like, okay, I could leave, but that would have felt really like, def like defeating. Like yeah. we, oh, we made it all the way here and I didn't want to let the experience get ruined. And so finally our waiter said, you know, we can move you inside. Like there's only two other people inside. I can move you to an area if, you, if you'd be more comfortable. And this is just, Again, to, just if, to mind you, in the basically two years of the pandemic, we've eaten indoors twice. Right. If you're somebody who's already acclimated to and eating indoors I will because say, you're vaccinated. I'll say both of those were against our will. Yeah. They weren't even by choice. They <laughs> yeah. were, we were seeing family and like they want to eat inside and it was just, it was a way to do. Yeah. So, so this is just where we are in like our COVID, uh, risk assessment. Um, we just, you know, especially living in Southern California, you can eat outside. So it's kind of like, why not? So I was really nervous, but we went inside and we were separated from everyone. There was only three couples in there. Yeah. I felt very safe. Um, our, our waitress server, whatever the appropriate term is like the most delightful human. So delightful. She was so cute. She yeah. was, I mean, very personable. Yeah. We we've heard a lot of stories all over Europe, but especially in Portugal is like service is going to be slower. And we're like, we're so prepared for that. That's totally fine. We're not coming here on American time. Like get us in, get us our food. We're just like, we'll be here for three hours. It's totally fine. She was super attentive. Like there wasn't a single time. And I was like, I wish she'd come around. And it was just like, it was perfect. It was yeah, totally fine. She was lovely. And like, just made some good conversation with her. And it was just a lovely dinner. The food was delicious. Yeah. The vibe was incredible. The music was great. The drinks were fantastic. Like there was everything. no one inside. So it didn't feel scary. Everything about yeah. it was wonderful. And I was really glad that we kind of like powered through that first little like mishap to, to have that experience because, and I just think that that's the kind of stuff I want to share because 
so often you'll get the Instagram shot of the perfect drink and yeah. the perfect restaurant, whatever. And you don't see the person sitting outside on the verge of tears because the electricity is going out yeah. and it's making me feel a certain type of way, you know, yeah. like, and so that's, that's why we like to share that in the podcast because you get the real behind the scenes and yeah. it did turn out to be a lovely experience, but it wasn't without its challenges. Also, if you want to look it up, it's Java rooftop. Uh, you can find it. I'm sorry, rooftop. Uh, rooftop. I don't know what happened to my F there. Uh, Java rooftop in Lisbon. You can find some photos of it if you want. You can find them on Instagram and check it out. That concludes the Pramvel. The Pramvel. The Pramvel. We will do part two of Lisboa next week. So stay tuned for that. We have a food tour to talk about. Also, uh, we might by this point that you're listening to this be sharing some snapshots from our travels on instagram we haven't exactly really trying to sort out the timing of like when we're sharing stuff but yeah just you know if you follow our instagram at wandering aimfully or youtube we'll start to post a few things again we just we don't want to be on social so much this year but we do want to kind of use it to document the trip so i mean we also don't want it to be on real time because i don't want to get stolen right yeah people are looking for me they're like "Mm, many six four bald white guys like bigger bald white guys yeah I'm on the hunt for that. Yeah. Okay, let's get into, we've got a new series that we're starting, which is going to be both an email series and a podcast series. We're going to double dip here. Double dip. Uh, the email version will basically be what we're talking about here, but this will add a little bit more texture and emotion and conversation to it. Um, so if you're on our email list, you're going to get this content at the exact same time. You just get your choice of how you want to consume it. But very excited. You came up with this idea. We were. We, I was actually... About seven feet from where I am now, standing at the portable standing desk that we packed. We were talking about what email stuff we wanted to. I was throwing out bad ideas. You were throwing out good ideas. I was throwing out more bad ideas. You were throwing out better ideas. And then we came to this idea that we both had at the exact same time, which I just gave you credit (laughs) for, but I'm going to throw myself into it, called... Embracing You. Yeah. And so the idea with this little six-week series here is Jason and I have had a lot of conversations lately just about how individualized business advice is. And yet so many business coaches out there just want to assert their unique lens onto you. And and I don't blame them for that because you you only know through your own lived experience, right? But the more that Jason and I have, have, you know, as WAME has grown, as we have this community of incredibly diverse perspectives, we start to realize how, you know, every piece of advice that we give we try to make space for someone to adapt it to their own business and their own life because every single person is different. Everyone's strengths are different. Everyone's goals are different. Everyone's uh, what they want out of their business is different. How their brain works is different. How, what, uh, you know, challenges they have to overcome is different, like everything. So that's one of our core values of wandering aimfully is that there is no one size fits all approach to business. And so we wanted to address these like six different business topics, but through the lens of exploring what it means to embrace your own individual point of view in that thing. I have a metaphor. Great. You want it? Well, I just wanted to start off by saying that this episode is all about embracing you in terms of goal setting. Yeah. So how can you find your way into setting goals or not setting goals that works best for you, not in a way that we just tell you to do yeah. it. My silly metaphor that I want Let's to share. Um, just to like think about this from a broad strokes of like the business coach perspective. So you walk into the doctor's office and you have a rash. Okay. okay. It's a, it's a full body rash head, head to toe. The Cute. tip of your toe even has a little bit of a rash. Oh, great. The doctor, AKA the business coach says, I am going to prescribe you Verzalax and yeah. Verzalax is the drug that you need to take to have this rash go away. That's the business coach sphere that like we don't want to exist in. 
There's another doctor's office that you go into head to toe rash. It's even on your toenails. It's such a weird rash. And you go in there and that doctor goes, wow, I've seen this before, but I have 17 drugs you can choose from and you can figure out which one's best for you. And they, I'm going to give you all their side effects and I'm going to share everything so that you can choose. Because what if you're allergic to Versalax? What would you do? Your toenails would not get rid of like, it. And the doc's like, I don't care that you're allergic. You have to do it. Just, but that's the, the only that, thing. that's the way that I think we really want to be pushing forward any ideas or thoughts that we have with our community and with you listening to this and with our people on our email list is we're not prescribing Versalax anymore. Right. What we are doing is saying, here's 17 options. Also, we we did take Versalax. This is what we took and it worked, but also this is who we are. And yes. we're these types of people who have these types of privileges. And you may not be those that type of person. And you may not be able to do it the way that we did it. You, at the very core of it, you may just not have a significant other that you're working with or a partner that you're working with to lighten the load of your work. So just like we also want to acknowledge that as well. So I think it's just a lot of this acknowledgement of where we're coming from and not trying to say Versalax is the only answer. Love that metaphor. I also have a metaphor. Oh, we're going to double metaphor? Yeah. We're this far in, you want to double metaphor? I think so. I thought mine was good enough. No, yours is great. Okay. But I just think I'm trying to hit Can you home. make it quick? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to hit home a different point let's with a it. different metaphor. Yeah, let's do it. What I also want to do in this series, Embracing You, is instead of offering someone a map, Mm-hmm. And saying like, hey, we wrote, we, we drew out this entire map of like where we went like a and what we route. did. Like a direct, direct route. route. Okay, and like, ahead. here's how you Dotted get there. Dotted lines to an X. Instead, I don't want to give them the map. Mm-hmm. I want to teach them how to configure their compass. Oh. Okay. I want each person, like I want to offer advice that will help them like calibrate their compass, their inner compass so well that they can just go wherever they want to go because they have the means to navigate by themselves. Cute. Does so that you, make sense? Yeah, you take Versalax and you hold your compass and that rash, she gone. She gone. Or they're gone, you know? Yeah, you know, do, do exactly. Whatever. All right, let's get into embracing you when it comes to goal setting. Yes. So first let's talk about just setting goals or not setting goals. Yeah. Because we're, we're kind of around the new year right now. And I was telling you earlier, I think every time the new year comes around, we have two things that happen. We have the entire crop of people who are like, love the new year energy, love the idea of some years we've been there absolutely yeah. i love the idea of becoming you know i don't want to say a better version of themselves because i don't like to say that anymore but like maybe a more curious version of themselves a healthier version of themselves a whatever they want to get closer to what feels good to them and and they really love that new year energy and they really love the goal setting and go and like i'm going somewhere we have another crop of people that then kind of like as a as a antithesis to that say what is, what with all the setting goals? Like I don't, you know, I don't need to set goals. I don't need to change who I am. Like, I just want to be who I am. I just want to be. And I think that there's so much value in both of those perspectives. I don't think we need to shame one or the other. Right. I think the only problem is when you start to see a lot of the like marketing goal setting message around, like, you're not worthy unless you're losing weight or right. unless you're doing more or Your unless you're being more. It's like, I think we all at yeah. 2022 can agree. We can recognize that type of toxicity when we see it, yeah. but that doesn't just mean that we need to throw out the idea of goal setting altogether. I yeah. don't think, Yeah. but what we want to embrace or like kind of talk about in this episode is what does it look like for you listening to what is your relationship with goals going to be? Like are goals going to help you? Or do you just think that at this point in your life, like you don't need goals, you just want to be. And that's what we want to help you decide for yourself. Yeah. And I I think so much of 
when it comes to especially business decisions and even life decisions as well. It's like we have this like permanence that we feel like is like this cloud that like sits over top. It's like, I'm making this decision. Now this is the decision I'm in for the rest of my life and I can't change those things. Mm -hmm. And what I think I wrote down in this section was when I worked with Paul Jarvis on a bunch of projects back in like 2013, 14, 15, like we were so on the train of like, we don't have goals. We don't have financial goals for how much money we want to make. We don't have goals for how many products we want to make. We don't have goals for how many customers we want to have. It's just, we want to do these things together Mm -hmm. and we want to experience this and we want to do a bunch of experiments and just see how it all goes. Mm -hmm. And through that process, you start to figure out, oh, there are actually some goals that are emerging. But to start with that, with to have goals from the beginning of like, okay, we're going to work together. We need to make $300,000 together. Why? Like, where, where's that money even, like, what are we even talking about? Like, why are we even talking about this number? That's not the point of why we're working together. And so I think, you know, from that standpoint to like where we are now, where we have very specific goals for business. And so we're very laser focused on a couple of things. But a couple of years ago, I was not that way. So if I would have stayed in that cloud of like, okay, I can't have goals at all. I'm the type of person who said I can't have goals. That's just a previous version of myself. And it's okay to not keep doing that. Yeah. And for me, I I think a lot of this series is not necessarily going to be providing answers. It's going to be just providing questions. It's the suggestions. We have 17 different rash creams. Right. Exactly. So we're going to give you all of our, does it have to be a rash? Like my goodness. Yes. That's okay. Normalize rashes. Normalize rashes. You're right. Normalize rashes. Um, but what I was going to say is it reminds me a lot of, and we did an entire episode on this not that long ago about the James Clear, um, idea that he writes about in Atomic Habits about systems, not goals. And to me, it sounds like that's a little bit akin to what you're saying that you and Paul were doing, which is like, I don't need to focus on what the outcome is going to be. I just want to focus on what I'm doing now, like whatever system is that I'm doing day in and day out, knowing that it will get me somewhere. Um, and that, that worked for you for a time. I think the question to ask yourself is when it comes to goals, does it feel like something that is fueling you forward? in a good way, or does it feel like something that's adding pressure on you? Right. And so the only person who can answer that question is, is you. And I think it starts with developing when when we talk about that compass, calibrating that compass, I think it starts with trying to find a place where you can, can tap into your inner knowing. And I think that comes a lot more naturally for some people than others, you know, find it in journaling, find it in just, you know, some quiet time for yourself to really think through things but get acquainted with what does it feel like in my body when I think about a goal? Does it feel like pressure? Does it feel limiting? Does it feel restrictive or does it feel exciting, motivating, expansive? Like that's always what I ask myself is, does it feel expansive? Like I'm opening up to it or does it feel like it's kind of oppressive and, and it's closing me down. Yeah. And am I choosing these goals because of like some external forces have told me these are the things I should be striving for? Or is this like an internal striving? Because I know that if I make more money, I can save for a house. I can help my parents pay for whatever the things that they're buying on a regular basis. Like, (laughs) you know, know, buying all kinds of QVC things, but it's like you have these internal reasons why you're setting these goals. It's not someone telling you, you need a seven figure business or right. you need a six figure month or you need a even a $10,000 business. Like if it's just a little side project and the money doesn't actually matter, it's just your goal is to have fun. Yes. That's an okay goal to set because yes. that's a goal that resonates with you and why you're doing the thing you're doing. Yeah. And that actually kind of leads into the next topic, which is so often I feel when we sit down to write like my goals or our vision board or whatever, 
so many things that find their way onto that board are things that we just come up with in our heads of what we should want and not that we actually want. And so I want to talk about this idea of being really careful about the things that we aspire to, to not over glamorize them and to not just pull it out of a hat and say, you know, and the, the example that comes to mind for me is like for so many years, I said, I want to write a book. And I want to, I would see like the Liz Gilberts of the world or uh, the Brene Browns of the world and they'd be on speaking stages and people would know their ideas and these amazing books. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to be someone who's known for their ideas. And then it's like, I kind of do some speaking gigs and I start to get known for my ideas and I do podcasts and I even write a book. And it's like, I don't like the experience (laughs) of... What percentage of that pie did you like? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The the moment I got off stage where it was over and I felt like, oh, like I, you know, saw that that resonated with a couple of people. That was the percentage that I liked of that. Yeah. And the... Rest of the pie was moldy. The the (laughs) trying to get on a plane to go to a place to speak, the anxiety leading up to it, the trying to figure out what to say. Like, I didn't like that. And, And honestly, I got way more like... Mm, internal fulfillment from just connecting with people on Instagram through my art than I did speaking on a stage. Yeah. But I thought mm, just, just setting a goal of to post my art on Instagram doesn't feel like a big enough goal. Right. And I, I really have a gripe about for a while, the really popular quote was like, if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. And I was like, I don't want my dreams to scare me. I don't want to <laughs> be scared. Do, I don't like being afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I like dreams that make me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I get where that quote's going from. I'm not trying to like shit on that quote. But for me personally, this is what embracing you is all about, right? It did not resonate because I didn't want to overcome some personal challenge to do something. I wanted something that felt good. Yeah. And we've both written traditionally published books at this point. Yeah. And we will tell you from our experience, this is actual experience as doctors who have written traditionally published books. Vermilax, we're not doctors. Vermilax. Lawyers. We're not doctors. Vermilax is not for you. <laughs> like don't, don't go into the traditional book writing goal setting if you don't like someone changing all of your ideas, you don't like being beholden to other people's deadlines. You don't like being forced to change maybe some of your ideas because there's a different direction that they want to go. Having a whole new title for your book. That's what happened to me. It was like, we're just going to change the title. Having no creative control over the design of the cover of the book. Like all of these things get taken from you. And this idea of, well, I'm going to write this traditionally public book and then I'm going to reach a whole new audience of people that existed like 30 years ago before social media. The traditional book publishing world is no longer the gateway to getting a whole bunch of people to find out who you are. It is a way for you to leverage the people that you've already gained to then maybe get a little bit of spark thrown on top of that. But I I think the whole point of like the, like having a traditionally published book as a goal, just as a very specific example is like, it's such a shinier goal than the majority of people will tell you. And the outliers, you mentioned James Clear, like James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, Sold a million copies, bestseller, blah, blah. James Clear also, at the time of writing his book, had an email list of 150,000 people. Like, it's going to win. His book is going to win. Like, it's just going to happen. Not to mention, you know, he's very talented and has great ideas. No, but I'm just saying, like, a lot of people, us included, you're starting at a much smaller scale and you're thinking, those goals are are in our brains. Like, they're just there when you're doing this traditionally published book thing. Like, oh, I'm going to have a bestseller. Oh, I'm going to sell a bunch of copies. And it's like, but why? Like, what does that really matter? It goes back to your Instagram thing. Like, I just want my ideas to get out there and to be shared. Well, that's There's what I a have... faster way to do this. Right. That's the question here is, 
I think take that big idea that you've had. It's, it's, this is not to say throw it away or, um, you know, just because it is maybe a more traditional or something that a lot of people aspire to doesn't mean it's not valid. It's just maybe take some time to ask yourself why. Why do I want this thing, you know? Um, and if you can answer that, then great. It doesn't matter if a lot of people aspire to the same goal. And I also want to be clear, it doesn't mean that your goal isn't going to have things like you were listing off all the things about traditionally publishing a book that are not fun. Yeah. They're just a part of the process. It doesn't mean that any goal you have doesn't have downsides. It just means that every goal is going to have trade-offs and you need to know what those trade-offs are so that you can decide if the goal is worth pursuing anyway. Absolutely. So, you know, with the whole thing with my speaking thing and, and all of that, it's like, the shiny thing is I'm going to write a book and be a speaker around the world is the shiny thing I'm going to put on my vision board. But then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to go, okay, what does that goal actually look like? I'm going to be on planes. Not good. I'm going to be negotiating my speaking fees. Not fun. I'm going to um, be in different hotels. I'm going to constantly be reworking my presentation and figure out what to say. You have to figure out how to do credit card points on your own. Oh, can't do it. <laughs> and so... If I was someone who had that deep spark and desire within me to do that, I guarantee I would look at those list of trade-offs and I would go, you know, maybe some of those are not fun, but boy, do I want this so bad. And mm -hmm. I'm willing to do that. You know, I think of like the singers or the actresses that the actors that get turned down a hundred times for an audition, but they go anyway because they love acting that much right yeah. they're willing to have the rejection of that trade that trade-off of rejection in order to pursue this goal and so i just think it's worth spending some time asking yourself what are the trade-offs of my goals yeah and and as we talk about big goals one of the things that i know we wanted to mention was can you get beyond the reason is ego right because like i had a business a couple of years ago that i wanted to turn into a million dollar business the only reason why i wanted a million dollars it was ego. Yeah. That's it. Like when you really boil it down, it's so like people would you would hear that about you, or and, it, and oh, they would go, wow, wow. "Wow!" And then my ego would just like puff up, and and we get a real puffy ego. You know that sometimes I used to. You used yeah. to. Now I just have like, like just, I just have like your ego is just like you just have like a little ego. You know, just, just, a, little, just, just a little ego. Um, it's one of those things that's like I'm even speaking from my own personal experience here. Your ego is something you don't want to confront. You don't want to admit. Oh, I'm just doing this because I want to be popular. Like it's why we struggle so much to post consistently on Instagram nowadays, because I can't think of a reason to post on Instagram other than ego anymore. Yeah. And there are some days when like, I just really want to share the stupid story that happened. So like that outweighs. Cause like, I don't yeah, care about the ego. Reason, like though. this is a funny story and I want to share it. And like our travel adventures, like that is something we are going to share. And it's not about ego. It's about we wanted to do this and we want to take people along in the journey who also might want to do this. And like, they can see the reality of it and see if it's like worth doing for them. Yeah. But the like running a million dollar business, like I got halfway there and it was miserable. I had so many expenses. I had so many things I was juggling. I had so much pressure put on myself and it was not worth it. I was making so much less money at that time than I was when it was just a solo business making under a hundred thousand dollars a year. I was making more money at that point. Yeah. And and the only reason, again, this million dollar goal existed was ego because I just saw all these people wanting to do the same thing and I wanted to look cool to all those people. Yeah, and I think it's really important when you think about your goals to not um, compare yourself or try to aspire to the same goals 
as people who are completely different than you. So the example that I always think of that you reminded me of when you said about the million dollar business thing is I think of Gary Vee, right? And I think of so many young people are looking at Gary Vee and going, I want to build my empire. I want to buy the jets. I want to create a media company. I want to create NFT, like all these things. What they're not realizing is that they're going to aspire to the same goals as Gary Vee, not realizing that Gary Vee is a genetic anomaly. He has an energy level that most people cannot compare with. He has a deep desire for entrepreneurship that most people don't have. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he, he has, has an inherent knowledge of business as well. He has, an, yes, he has all of these experiences. And, and really it's the energy thing, I think, because I just think he right. really truly has a level, a gear that most people don't have. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of people who try to aspire to his gear, not realizing they are built differently than him and they will burn themselves out in the process. Yeah. And, and also, again, like what for? Yeah, and that's not his fault for just displaying his goals. It's just that's on each one of us as unique human beings to go, who am I? Right. What is something that, what is a goal that I can set for myself that is in alignment with my energy capacity, that is in alignment with my intentions, that is in alignment with my values? And so that all comes back to like, like I said at the beginning, getting to know who are you? Like, what is that compass for you? What are the things you care about? What are the unique energy, you know, limitations or considerations that you have? And it starts with knowing that about yourself. Yeah, yeah. And and you will change too. Like, I think I yes. was more on the Gary V energy scale 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Not, not even close to the same amount, but just like, it was go, 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 hustle, 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 do all the things like, I want to accomplish all this stuff. I want to do, and it's just nowadays I'm like, I want to do so much less. I want to just enjoy the fruits of the labor of, that we've done for the past couple of years. And I also want to have so much more time and space for everything else. Like this, this year of adventure that we're on right now is challenging every ounce of my being for every efficiency pathway that has been ingrained to me for every like get work done and like get more work done and get ahead of schedule thing. Like it's challenging all that. And I'm grateful for it because Mm -hmm. we're at a place now where I can do all that. Like I don't feel like I have to be up against the wall sending out emails and doing things and trying to like get sales pages converting and like all this stuff. It's like, no, we did that for the past three years so that now we could do this trip. And the goal was to set ourselves up for a business that is more predictable, that is more sustainable, that's helping people in a way that doesn't feel like we have to be there 24 seven for them. And they're still going to get value from it. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing for, for you listening to this, like whatever your business is doing now is to really figure out like maybe a good goal would be, oh, I don't need to reach some type of like financial milestone. I need to reach some type of like the business runs in a certain way that I don't have to be involved every second of every day for it to succeed. Mm-hmm. And that's a better goal than making $10,000 this month. And yes, and on that same like flip side here, I also want to empower listeners who maybe their goals are financial and they're afraid to set those financial goals because they think it's greedy or they think yeah. that it's like, I, I have a couple of friends right now that I know they have gotten to a place where they're like, I need to give myself permission to come up with some offers that are not just going to have me running on fumes. Yeah. You know, I, I, w- I want permission to go after this financial goal because I'm not feeling financially secure right now. And it's leaving me feeling anxious and scared and exhausted all the time. Yeah. And so I think a good place to kind of wrap this up is a, a point that comes through on both of those, which is 
whatever your goals are, they are yours. So don't let anyone make you feel some type of way about them. Allow yourself the permission to want what you want um, and let that be enough. Like just that you want it and yeah. that and that it's something that you want for your life. Like, of course, yes, we're going to keep other people and, and the greater collective in our mind as we make those goals, but it's your one wild and precious life. So what is it that you want? What do you want for your family? What do you want for yourself? Like, and, and feel empowered to go after that. Um, and that's really what all of this boils down to is nobody knows you better than you. Yeah. And your situation and your yep. ability. Way to offer up more creams, babe. So uh, all that, was the a, creams. that was a bevy of creams. You just <laughs> so offered up. Creams. I offered up one cream, one <laughs> what solution. What was it? Versalax? Vermalax. Vermalax. Yeah. Vermalax. Yeah. I, that's all I offered up. And you're like, no. Do Look at all, these bevy of creams. Do you all ever play this game where you just make up uh, drug companies? That's yeah. a very American thing because we yeah. get American pharmaceutical ads all the time. But Jason, I would be like, for Blumdemir. Darm of Saul. Scrink. Pillant. <laughs> we could do it for hours. Kremglum. Nice. Ooh, that would, don't take Kremglum if you're allergic to Kremglum, okay? <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's come back to movies. We haven't talked about movies in uh, multiple episodes. Wait, no, we have... Sorry, sorry, we can't do movies yet. We are going to try to wrap up all of these Embracing You episodes with one practical exercise people oh, can Oh, okay. Let's do it. Let's practical exercise on a podcast. So, Someone's cutting up something right now and they need a practical exercise. Because I know that a lot of these episodes are just going to be us yammering on about questions without giving you answers. But hey, we, send those emails about the pram belt just as a reminder <laughs> so we can belt. yammer. But we do like to offer one like actionable thing you can do to, to go forward. So One cream you can take. One cream you can take. <laughs> we'll just more of a questionnaire. I'm just trying to use the word cream I a know lot. You okay. Mm, I right. know you are. Okay. I know you are. Also, in my mind, though, I am spelling it C-R-E-M-E, just so you're aware. Creme. No, cream. Yeah. But like a creme? Yeah, but it's a cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a little uh, dish and you scoop it out with that's your finger. That's a creme. No, that's a cream. <laughs> that's a cream. That's an Okay, accent. I'm going to need you. You're, you have two left, okay? okay. You have two I'll left. I'll use them sparingly. <laughs> There's someone listening to this who's like, that is my trigger word and you have wrecked me for this episode. Like, I can't hear another episode yeah, of this podcast yeah, for you. Be careful. Yeah, it was a creamy episode. You have one left. <laughs> okay. It was okay. worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> Ooh, I got to really place it nicely. Okay. Let's practical this thing. <laughs> also, creme counts as the same. You can't even say Well, it. I haven't said that word one time. I'm not about oh, to. Oh, that's the word you that's won't That's a say. crappy one. Yeah. Okay. I'm using mine. My pronunciation. Golly. Okay. Practical exercise. Yeah. Helpful. So We're helpful people. after this episode, we want you to, we invite you to list out three goals that you have right now. Nobody needs to see them. It's just you. And then for each one of those, maybe make a list of trade-offs that you think each one of those will take. So really devote a little bit of mental effort and time to think of like, okay, if it's writing the book, what is that really going to take? Or what are some of the less glamorous parts of actually pursuing that goal? And am I willing to deal with those because yeah. I want the thing badly enough? And then great. But at least you gave yourself a chance to really ask yourself, you know, and then also for each one of those goals, we want you to ask yourself why, what is the deeper driving force underneath why you want that? That's not answering to us. That's not answering to anyone else in this world. That's answering to yourself. And that's just so that you're able to define that why. So, you know, it's not just ego, ego yeah. or what someone else wants for you or validation or any of those external forces. Yeah. So those, that's just my little, that's our little homework. Great practical tip. All right. Let's talk about movies. You're really waiting for it, aren't you? You're waiting for me to drop the last one. I'm holding it. Okay, hold it. I'm holding it to the side. Two movies. 
So we're not sure if we're going to keep up with our classic movie night while we're here. Obviously, the first week that we've been here has been really hard to get you adjusted, and we weren't like going to sit and watch two movies comfortably and laugh and have the whole time. Did you see popcorn at the store? We could look for popcorn. I did not look for popcorn because every time we go to the grocery store, I'm just on like high alert that I don't speak the language, and I'm just waiting for someone to jump out and be like, gotcha, <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. You can't <laughs> And I'm be like, here. sorry, this is the only grocery store that we liked on the map. Uh, anyway, so two movies we want to talk about. We watched matrix i'm just gonna call it matrix four i don't care what the name is of resurrections it. matrix four mm-hmm. and then we watched kodachrome kodachrome which is a probably a movie that no indie? one's ever heard of yeah for sure absolutely okay let's start with matrix matrix okay okay what are your what's your feeling what's our what's our potatoes on this do you, are get, you gonna look it up yeah i'm gonna get to the uh, so if you have not watched matrix uh it's available it's the fourth one in the series it came out 20 years after the other ones and I will say I went into it with low expectations, and I believe it met those low expectations. You gave it 6.5 potatoes, and I gave it 5 potatoes. Yeah. I mean, I would say those, are, those aren't, like, super low, but those are, like... Well, yeah, because also, we're not, like... I definitely have no interest in being, like, nah, Matrix, it sucks. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. The first Matrix, and I believe I did this in our score, it was a 10 for me. Like, that movie is yeah, a 10. It's a movie. fantastic movie, groundbreaking at the time. The second and third one, they're good. They're entertaining. They're definitely not a 10, but they're they're good. This one, it feels like the fourth movie in a series. It feels like like the only series I can think of where the movies got better or were as equally as good as the first one. Fast and Furious. Is Iron Man. Mm. Like Iron Man, the second one and the third one, like to me, they're like all on the same level. They're very, very good movies. The Scream movies, like they go downhill, but it's like they're still enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, they do. The Taken movies, they go downhill. <laughs> they sure like do. the Fast and Furious movies, I like I don't even know what I'm watching anymore. But like it's not. <laughs> I Paul Walker. I think this. I in think a Mitsubishi Eclipse. I think they are one of the few sequel like franchises I, I mean, who has gotten better. I mean, yeah, personally. they're they're just like, but the movies are ridiculous. Like they're going to space. Exactly. Anyway, Matrix. So the thing about this movie, I mean, it's now been a couple weeks since we watched it, but I'm just thinking back to like. The movie, I, I don't think, knew what to do with itself for, like, the first half of the movie. Well, this is what I told you. They had two choices. Yeah. They could either ignore the fact that it's a reboot. Right. Because it is, even though it's a fourth movie, it's, like, you're 20 years after the fact. It's a reboot, basically. Yeah. So they could either totally ignore that, go with a completely new story, pick up, like, with the same characters but a new story. Or they could really acknowledge the fact that it's a reboot and lean into the fact that they that people are sort of like why now and they that's what they did they went that route but in doing that but did they though they did because remember they were like the whole video game no i know but like halfway through the movie i know i know but this is why they spent the whole first half of the movie leaning in rebooting rebooting they rebooted the system but they spent too much time on that and then they also were like we're gonna put in a bunch of nostalgia for all the the people who love this movie and i respect that but it ended up being I was like, is this the first movie? Like, it what ended I, up being too nostalgic. Yeah. What I really want to know, and we never will, but like, were all the studio heads just sitting around, then like the production team, like, okay, guys, it's been 20 years. Okay, you all, it's been 20 years. We have to redo some of this stuff so that people know what the Matrix is. And I just feel like there's a bunch of people that are in that room, like, we have to do this for, you know, a while to get them caught up. Whereas, like, I think everybody who watches the Matrix, knows the matrix like just keep us moving forward like keep the story going really what kind of took the wind out of our sails was the whole first half of the movie it was just very slow and very so many scenes were redos of the originals and they're not even as good because the first ones again were so groundbreaking at the time that you're like i'm watching like a like a 
bad version. Like, it's not bad, but it's like a mediocre version of what that I saw in the first scene. one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think we, we we're, were halfway through this movie and we're like, okay, we're going to keep watching. Then the story kind of goes to a new story a little bit. And then I got lost. And then, yeah, you get a little lost because it's the Matrix and they go in like a whole bunch of different things, which is fine. But like at that point, you've like lost me, you know, like yeah. my attention is gone and I'm just like, I'm kind of waiting for the movie to be over to like move on to something else. And that's a bummer because I think they could have done such a better job with just taking the storyline from either where it was or just like you said, going in a whole new direction with Neo, our friend Neo, and just going with it. So yeah. I just can't put my finger on it. I wasn't, I just wasn't. That That's good. the general consensus I've gotten from everybody I've seen who's watched it, which is, you know, probably like 13 people on Instagram that I've followed. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know. So you don't think we're alone in our assessment? I don't think we are <gasps> alone. to that European ambulance. Yeah, we, we've noticed the, uh, well, here in Lisbon, at least, the ambulance, like back in the U.S., the sounds of sirens is like so offensive. It's like, here it's like, I don't know, it's might a, be an emergency. A, we'll take our time. <laughs> Just feels calm. Yeah. Feels nice. Um, All right. Second okay. movie, Kodachrome, the one that no one has heard of. Starring. Kodachrome. Starring one Jason Sudeikis yep. and Ed Harris. And who is the female lead? Oh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Okay. Love Elizabeth so Olsen, by the way. So we were looking for a movie. Yes. And we were in the comedy section yes. of Netflix, I think. I think so. Something. Yeah. A streamer. And we saw this movie, and I think Jason Sudeikis was on the um, cover. And yeah. being big Ted Lasso fans in our house, yep. we thought... What is this? Yeah. And I think this movie did come out before Ted Lasso, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. It came out in 2018. Yeah. And we thought we had never heard of this movie. Yep. The synopsis sounded interesting. Yeah. And so we thought, what a cute indie comedy that we're going to watch. Okay. Can we just have an emphasis With a great cast. on comedy? Yeah. We, it's in it's a in comedy, comedy section. section. Now, this movie is uh, not a comedy. Do we laugh once? I mean, yeah, maybe a couple of like lines delivered by Jason Sudeikis but because like, of like maybe two. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that being said, I gave it 8.5 potatoes yes. and you gave it seven potatoes Yeah, I, because I, from a dramatic story perspective, they got us. Listen, if you told me this was a dramatic movie and I went into it, I'm probably giving it like a nine, yeah. but you went into it with comedy. I, I didn't laugh that much. No. And also Ed Harris's character. I know he's supposed to be this way, but like, it's just so abrasive and you're just like, I don't want to like hear this character for this whole movie. But I get that's the point. That is the point. So yeah. the whole theme of the movie is about these themes of like family and forgiveness and uh, death and a type of film being retired. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It's, the yeah. whole point of it is like, there's this Kodak film that's be, being phased out or whatever. And Ed Harris is, and a, very Ed Harris is a very famous photographer. And so he wants to go on this road trip to get his final role of film developed with his son, with who his son, he's lost he's his relationship with. Yeah. Anyway, beautiful. I like how we're saying this like they know. Like, you guys know, <laughs> you know the story. Yeah. Beautifully acted. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen is his nurse, by the way, who's like Ed coming Harris's along nurse. to take care of him because he's dying. And it's that. just, it's a very well done, beautiful ending movie. Yeah. But it is not a comedy. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. Don't laugh. Yeah. Uh, but if you're looking, if you're the type of person who is like, oh no, I love a good like drama. And like, it makes you think and it tugs yeah. at your heartstrings and it's family and it's like all these questions about what are, you just what are we old be family sad. And, you just want to be sad and if you just want to be in your feelings yeah. <laughs> yeah um but yeah 
8.5 potatoes from me, from yeah. the uh, Enneagram 4 in the house. Well, like I said, we'll see. Uh, that wraps that up. We'll see if we end up watching some movies and we'll share them. You might not hear movies for a while. We might pick some up. We'll see how it goes. Um, that is the bit of creamy detail you have to wait for <gasps> Jason, every episode. I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that. Creamy detail? I, yeah. I didn't like yeah. that. I had to save it. I did have to save it for the end there on, for everybody. There, there are definitely some people who are like, ooh, ooh shudder through my body. That one got me. At least he didn't say moist the whole time. What gets you worse? The one that I said before mm-hmm. or moist? Before. Before. Yeah. Before. <laughs> that one gets I don't you. like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're glad to be uh, in Europe. We're glad to be sharing our journeys with you, our Pramvels with you, mm-hmm. uh, sharing this Embracing You series for the next five weeks so this is the first week we have five more episodes with embracing you we hope you enjoy it i hope just if nothing else you walk away from the six episodes feeling like you know what yeah i've been trying to do all this whole business and life thing according to somebody else's blueprint and it's time to start making my own blueprint i hope you walk away from every episode going yeah you know what i don't need vermilax there's a lot of other options for (laughs) me absolutely for this rash (laughs) you know what actually i like this rash i don't want to fix it oh you know what that's just my skin (laughs) you know it's fine (laughs) you just have a new t-shirt that says normalized rashes just my skin which is true okay bye from lisbon we will be in your ears next week Thanks for listening.